GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. In this episode, we're joined by Rabeb Othmani. Thanks for joining us today, Rabeb. Hello, it's a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I mean, we, we tried a few times now, but I think this time we're going to get it right. It's going to be good. Yeah, that's the right thought. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're excited to have you on. And, and you know, what kind of triggered this conversation from our side was seeing the, the talk you submitted for .NET Fringe, which is coming up, um, which is kind of, you know, we're right now, I think we're going through a few different people who are, who are speaking at .NET Fringe, which looks like a, a fantastic conference that I'm very jealous of everyone who actually gets to go. Um, <laughs> But we wanted to kind of dig into the the stuff that you'll be talking about. So could you kind of kick it off with kind of a an overview of what you'll be speaking on? Uh, yes. So uh, basically, my work is about Xamarin. So I wanted to talk about Xamarin, more specifically uh, Xamarin Android apps uh, in the context of GPU performance. Because I feel like we kind of forget about GPU performance when we talk about mobile applications and performance. That's why I decided to tackle this bit and uh, go through the tools and how we can uh, profile apps and see stuff with GPU. Yeah, and and hopefully we'll be able to, to make this, you know, have a good conversation around it too. Like one of the tricky things with, with performance, especially when you're talking about GPU performance now, is it's a very graphical thing, but hopefully we can kind of <laughs> paint a, a word GPU picture or something along those lines to, to do this. But uh, like kind of starting at the with the basics, I mean, why do you feel that GPU performance is kind of an overlooked thing by developers? Uh, it's really tricky because when it comes to GPU, if it's working, if we can see it on the screen, oh, look, we have good animation. The animations are there. We have all the controls on the screen. Like layout is perfect. We kind of considers that's okay but sometimes it may look okay but doesn't mean it's like done in the best possible way we hear a lot about like uh, battery uh, we hear a lot about uh, data about computing times but we rarely hear someone saying mm, i wonder how uh, how much uh, processing cost i have coming with this animation or with this screen that's why so how important do you think it is compared to, say, like memory profiling or other kind of performance profiling? And maybe, you know, does it tie in with some of those other types of performance profiling? Well, I think, I think they all complement each other because in the end of the day, as developers, we want to have like a good application to make the end user happy. And for that to happen, we need to consider everything. So in the same... Like in the, in the same way we look into performance when it comes to data or battery usage or something, looking into the GPU performance would help us have like a more performing app and eventually a happier user. Well, happy users are always a good thing, right? <laughs> um, so, so let's start. Let's tease this stuff apart a little bit. And um, can you kind of talk about some of the types of things that you try and look for when you're profiling GPU and, and graphic performance in general? Yeah. So uh, basically, the way the the way the rendering works, it goes. Uh, there are like two key sections: one on the GPU and the other one on the CPU. And we kind of there are like um, pitfalls we 
fall into in both these sections. So when it comes to the GPU, the main problem is overdrawing. Basically, what happens on the GPU is we're trying to color the pixels. Sometimes, if we are not careful enough, we will end up recoloring pixels, which will be eventually colored by another, um, another element later on, which means we are wasting time to color these in the uh, famous uh, 60 millisecond uh, per frame, and we end up dropping frames. So it is just wasted time on an extra job we don't even need to do. And the so way, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Is there like an area specifically that developers uh, mostly run into this? Like, is list views sort of the main culprit here? Yes, especially when we have exactly when we have, uh, for example, list views with uh, like items, and you have the template. You kind of, while working on all of that, you forget about it. So you would put a background color to your. Um, to uh, your main container, to the big layout, and then you end up putting another background color to the buttons in there and to the uh, like uh, list items, the each template, while sometimes you don't even need to do that because one background will cover the whole area. So then how do you... You know, kind of stepping back from that too. Like, how how do you generally approach finding these issues? You know, say using this specific example of you know overlapping background colors, where you're just doing a lot of wasted uh, drawing operations. There, like, how would you generally find that you've made that mistake? So, uh, the tools to profile the app comes with Android, so it's for free with Android. Uh, basically, on each device, if we go to um, Settings depends on the version because on uh, the new versions, the uh, after 4.2 Android devices, you go to settings and then you go to the about phone. And in order to um, unlock the developer options, you need to tap seven times or something. <laughs> you are now I a developer. <laughs> yeah, and then it plays that fancy animation yes. for you and you feel like you've earned something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you're lucky enough to find the way to <laughs> to find your developer options, uh, then then you can see the options to see the um, to debug the overdraw um, the GPU overdraw basically, and suddenly you'll have a very colorful screen with colors. Each color has an indication. So um, the natural color is. There is no overdraw at all, and that's unlikely to happen. The blue is we are overdrawing pixels just one time, which is still acceptable because sometimes you are forced to have overdraw, so that is acceptable. The green is two times, pink is three times, and red, that's when it's uh, getting uh, overdrawn four or more times. And so that's red when. Is bad. <laughs> very bad and that's <laughs> and that's why basically you can see what's going on uh on the on the screen and which views needs more attention so how do you dig in and actually like once you see a red spot on your screen how do you go about actually figuring out how to get rid of that uh, yeah so i go back to my code and see what's going on in there for example if i again if we go back to the um, to a list, uh, for example, uh, a list view, I have my list and I'm putting 
a background to that list. But then again, uh, the list is completely filled with items and each item has a background of white again. So I don't, I need to, I need to make sure, I need to uh, delete one of those depending on my screen. Or in the case of images, for example, sometimes you need to make sure you have um, a color to fall back uh, to if you don't get an image from a service or something. But instead of drawing the color anyway, every time, we need to make sure that maybe encode behind saying, if I have this image, don't uh, don't draw any color, any background color. But in case I don't get any images from my service, that's when I want you to draw a color. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, is is overdraw or overdrawing kind of the most common thing that that you generally find when it comes to degraded GPU performance, or are there other things that you tend to try and look out for as well? That is that is the main thing, the overdrawing. But there is the um, another thing, which is uh, layout, choosing the right layout, and that can be a bit confusing. And that's kind of on the CPU side of things when it comes to the uh, rendering pipeline. Layouts, we need to be careful to have the right layouts. Obviously, uh, in Android, we have uh, linear layouts, uh, relative layouts, frame layouts, and sometimes we just we kind of put just to lay about the layout, and sometimes the layout would do the job, but another kind of layout would make the performances better. So, um, as as a rule, I'm kind of saying rule, not sure, but as a rule, usually what we should do is try to have a flat design instead of nested design, and that would make things easier for us. So. Whenever you can have a, rel a relative layout instead of, for example, a linear layout nested with other linear layouts inside, maybe that's a better thing to do. Have you looked at the new constraint layouts for Android at all yet? No, no. So I think those are supposed to bring some, I mean, some of the challenges of iOS, I think, um, but also uh, targeting that performance issue of, of nesting layouts and that kind of stuff yes. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess Android felt left out of the complicated UI picture. That used to be the one thing that I that would make iOS developers kind of jealous of Android is how easy it is to to lay stuff out. To um, just but, lay them, yeah. <laughs> but now you're getting now Android's getting all the pain of constraints, so we can we can all be. So I, I don't think Jeremy Lavelle is quite convinced of of this yet. Um, I, but at Google I/O, we did talk to one of the engineers heading up the constraint layouts, and he he promised absolutely that it would work much better than iOS. So we'll see. Well, that's that's a really low floor, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I know that the uh, when it comes to iOS, the uh, the constraints on the perf performance side, some people don't like them. But I'm one of those developers who can't live without constraints anymore. <laughs> I because I find it very easy without like just put constraints and it will all lay out properly. Doesn't no matter what uh, size uh, of the device you have. So I guess you won't yeah. be too hard to convince to use the new Android constraint <laughs> layouts. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, like constraints on iOS aren't 
all bad. It's just that when things go haywire, they tend mm-hmm. to get really, yeah. really hairy really fast. And it's very it could be very difficult to track down which constraint is mad at you and, and how to fix it exactly. But yeah. they're not they're not all bad. Um, I'm just yeah. a bitter developer. That's all. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's interesting to hear you, you dig in and you kind of cite the example of, say, like a stack layout versus a relative layout where, you know, from a developer standpoint, like I, I've seen that one as, as one of the more common offenses as far as like choosing like nesting layouts and, and making that mistake a lot of times because it's really easy as a developer and to to visualize in your head what a stack layout's going to do and um you know and just you just start nesting horizontal yeah. ones with vertical ones and you end up with this really deep view hierarchy but it's really easy conceptually to understand whereas once you start layering in something like mm-hmm. a relative layout which isn't necessarily the most complicated thing but it's it requires more thinking and potentially more tinkering to to get right yeah, definitely. Which one is above? Which one? Which uh, one is on the side? How many margins you're gonna leave, and how they are gonna look on uh, every different size and screen? Yeah. Exactly. But so, in your experience, you, you generally try and reach for relative layouts for for a lot of the stuff that you're doing, um, or especially if you're gonna start getting nested. Um, yeah, I guess. In the end of the day, it depends on the context, which is most of things like for developers, it will end up (laughs) in what context, how complicated the piece of work we are doing. But yeah, the flatter, the better. But obviously, sometimes it it has to be nested layouts and we end up with uh, nested layouts. And do you find that this is something that you you get to know like with time when you're actually building a layout the first time, or is, do you still have to go back uh, often and actually do the profiling when you're, um, you know, hitting? And is it when you're hitting problems, or do you just do it as a general rule anymore? Um, I wouldn't say I do it as a general rule. It's uh, well, like um, with the way I'm working. So as I start, obviously, I try to, as much as possible to plan it from the beginning and to have that bigger picture, what we are trying to uh, achieve and uh, if it's going to evolve at any point and what we need in that. So um, I try from the beginning to plan it, but sometimes it's when you're working on it that you um, you start to see things. And then it is really nice to, to profile it and see it's, um, yeah, the other day I was just playing and I was uh, debugging the whole phone. I want to see uh, how Twitter on, or Instagram are doing their apps. <laughs> <laughs> just to check on those developers. See if they're, so, they're making uh, bad decisions or not. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good for the most part. So is yeah. there a lot of red, a lot of blue? <laughs> yeah. now, now we have to know. Yeah, yeah th- there, was, like, the, there was a bit of worrying uh, red with one of the animations, but most of the time it was kind of okay. No, it was fine. <laughs> so how, how do all the different Android devices play into this? I mean, obviously we've got, you know, fragmentation as a, a thing on Android and faster and slower devices. Do you like test with a, a bunch of different devices or how does that work out? Yes. Uh, we like, we try to test on, uh, as, many possible devices obviously um with the ui testing we uh, we use the uh, the xamarin testing tool so that does the job for us uh, but uh, like while i'm de- when i'm developing just to see if things are right on the screen i just try different devices from different sizes so that if there is anything wrong it is very obvious to me 
to fix stuff, but then we try to obviously these days we need to uh, we need to test on all the devices. So do you have like a, a concrete example of like the worst devices and the best devices to sort of test the spectrum of? Oh, <laughs> um, well, the worst devices. Uh, how am I going to put this uh, in in a, in a political <laughs> correct way? You, know, you don't have to be politically correct here. Yes, you know the the, the kind of devices that you can't pronounce even their uh, the manufacturer name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there are some weird devices. I can honestly, I can't even pronounce the uh, <laughs> the manufacturer name. And these ones are quite uh, yeah, they're quite slow, so you can see exactly how things are going on in there. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I mean outside of trying to you know trying to get you to, to publicly shame certain companies or, or praise other ones. I like, what if we distill it down to say even different Android versions? And I know for, for a couple of years, going back a few Android versions there, there was a lot of focus that they were putting on. Um, it was what project butter was originally yeah. called, you know, to make things buttery smooth and all of that kind of thing. I mean, so, so I'm wondering how much of a difference you've seen in, in your testing, um, either due to that or other improvements or, regressions potentially over the years between Android versions? Um, yeah, I think especially with the material design and the latest uh, Lollipop, there was quite there was quite uh, differences in when it comes to the theming, how they do like uh, different, um, different, even the app bar on Android. So that was uh, a bit of challenge just to see um, how things are working uh, to, uh, to apply certain controls. Um, so yeah, I think with the latest uh, compared between the latest Android and the, the other few versions, there was a quite kind of differences when it comes to the theme and the controls. So that was quite uh, challenging to make sure it's uh, it's still working on the old versions, but then it's uh, applying all the new stuff from the material design. Right, and kind of to that point too, I, I, I'd be curious to know if you've seen I, Android. I know thankfully releases their their support library so every time that they introduce you know new say the material design stuff or even back when they introduce fragments and all of the new stuff they always introduce a, a compatibility layer yeah. um, that you can continue to use those things going back um, have you noticed any particular um you know either performance differences better or, or worse between say the the native stuff and the the support library versions that honestly most people are probably using not really. No, I wouldn't say there was something huge between the uh, like the native stuff and the uh, portable stuff. No. What about it, between the recycler view and the list view? Like, which one of those two are you using these days? As a general rule. Uh, as a general rule, it depends on my data. If it's a just a simple list, I would just use a normal list. But if it's um, I know that I need a huge amount of data that's going to be definitely a recycler view. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the recycler view, like the list view is pretty straightforward to use, yeah. and I guess that's why you're using it. But with the recycler view, are there any like common mistakes people make in terms of you know GPU performance again, um, since it's a little bit more complex to set up? I wouldn't say 
think so because it it comes down to the same principle as a list when it comes to GPU. It's having that template and how uh, how it's gonna be. Obviously, um, the challenge with that is because it's reusing the same thing. So the, the the more performance the the core job is, the better it is to to do that extra bit of reusing that. So probably that's where the challenge is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sticking with the, the recycler view, list view kind of approach, I, one thing I'd be curious of is, you know, a lot of people developing apps um, for Android and, you know, especially when you get into the cross-platform story, pretty often you're starting to layer in other libraries that are kind of taking care of a lot of the, the list views and populating of those list views based on data and via data binding and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so I'd be curious to know if you have you know this stuff. If you're using any any frameworks in the stuff that you're building and monitoring, um, and and how much of a a difference you've seen that make in in say list view performance and GPU in general? Uh, you mean uh, like stuff like um, frameworks to do data binding and stuff? Yeah, like your your MVVM frameworks or yes. Xamarin Forms or or any of that that kind of thing. Yeah, um, uh, we are heavily using the MVVM cross. So that's what we are using, and I found it uh, like uh, very, very useful and very performant. Sometimes, like obviously, sometimes there are some limitations depending on the project. Sometimes we can't get uh, everything we need, and that's when we need to do customize some stuff. But uh, I found MVVM cross in the context of cross platform with Xamarin very useful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes things very easy. (laughs) So when you say that there have been times in your MVVM cross apps where you've had to do some custom stuff to, you know, to work around some performance problems, is there anything that you can elaborate on more there? I can't remember the exact scenario, but I'm sure we had to do uh, some stuff with that. I think it was actually, I think it was in the context of list views and recycler views, (laughs) funny enough. Well, but, that, that's what most apps are, right? Yeah, most apps are just big list views, either horizontal or vertical. Yeah, yeah. Of something. <laughs> views of something, lists of something. No, actually, I can't remember the exact context. That was um, maybe a year ago or something. So have you done much at all with Xamarin Forms? And I, mean, I know you mentioned you use MVVM cross heavily, but I'm wondering if there's any, um, you know, if Xamarin Forms makes some of this GPU performance stuff any easier. Um, so... I didn't use Xamarin Forms in the uh, in uh, an enterprise professional context, so I I wouldn't say I have much experience, but I know that I'll be moving soon to a project that is Xamarin Forms. We are now uh, in uh, like in my job, we are adopting uh, Xamarin Forms now, so I'll be soon moving to to that project. Don't tell <laughs> so we'll have to do a follow up yeah. in uh, yeah. in some yeah. months and, and see just how well it's doing for you. Yeah, because I, I kind of obviously I I know a bit about uh, Xamarin Forms, but not in an enterprise context. Right, right. Um, so let's talk animations. Where I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about so far has been a lot of say static content and layouts and list views and and most of what makes up an app. But uh, where where things get really kind of interesting slash tricky in apps is when you want to start making them really slick and polished and animate all over the place and stuff. So how, how have you found approaching animations and, you know, have you found any like good tricks or gotchas in making them performant? Um, so 
animation they kind of fall in the same like it's the same principle every time because animation it's like you are it's a list of frames or cards and you are trying to animate them obviously so um it's kind of the same thing so when you have a say, say you have an animation running that you're that you're trying to evaluate for how well it's performing, are you basically taking the same approach then, where you would pull up that overdraw mode and watch it as it's animating? Yes, I would use the uh, overdraw and see how it uh, how is it doing, and then uh, I use also the um, hierarchy viewer, and that would show me. Uh, the layout and all the frames on that layout and which one is slower than the others. Okay, so that, that'll give you a little more insight then into you know the different pieces of the animation and yes. what's going wrong. Yes, and which one is slower than the other and which one needs like more focusing on that. Right, so does that help you kind of dial in with the problems a lot faster? Because I can imagine otherwise then it'd be a lot of just tweaking some Android XML, running it again, getting to the animation, seeing that it still performs slowly. Like, have you found any other tricks to, to kind of tightening that feedback loop? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's always, it, it always comes down to try to um, profile and detect the problem. And that's why like um, seeing the lay, layout and overdraw, uh, they kind of complement each other. So you try the uh, to see, especially when uh, using the hierarchy viewer, you will you will point to the uh, to the layout that is not uh, working well, and it will help us obviously uh, see the um, the problem better than just trying to guess and fix uh, fix it in like uh, just guessing basically. This episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun offers leading error and crash reporting to over 30,000 developers around the globe and now offers real user monitoring for both web and mobile apps. Raygun's native mobile support brings deep analytics about how users are engaging with your mobile apps. Raygun platform customers can discover problems affecting their end users automatically, giving developer teams unique insights into the performance of their apps. Raygun offers a free 30-day trial, so get started at raygun.com today and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So then uh, you mentioned, um, you know, like a couple of these built-in tools that Android ships with. I'm curious if you've used any other tools that are out there to dig into rendering issues, like if you've used, or even just to monitor them, I mean, like tools like, say, New Relic or, or things like that. No, to be fair, I'm just using the uh, Android tools. How do you keep an eye uh, on changes to the performance between releases? Like how do you test uh, for sort of, I guess, a regression in that sense? Uh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, I guess it, it depends. Um, it depends if between releases you're doing any changes on the same uh, screens. Obviously, so you need to go through them again in the same way you go through to make sure it's um, the whole like um, the general performance stuff and to see um, what's going on. But if you're lucky enough, you know that this the screen didn't change between them and maybe you're uh, moving to other features and stuff. So that will like avoid some work. But other than that, you just need to go to see if you did make any changes on that quicker profiling and see if things are went wrong at some point. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think when it comes to performance monitoring, that can be kind of a, a tough thing to to keep yeah. in the habit of, but it's definitely a, a good idea because you always want to have some sense of whether you're making yeah. things better or worse over releases or across devices. And Yeah, uh, I mean, especially in the context of GPU, because I know developers, we are not doing it um, like in a common way as probably as part of the job, the way we uh, we monitor other kind of like performance. So at least it's, it's going to be a good habit at least to try from time to time to go through the app and see, have a quick look on what's going on in there. Yeah, and thinking out loud, and this is something that I, I haven't done, um, but might be interesting to have like a, say a set of UI tests or something that you would run on a device that has this mode on and just take a bunch of screenshots and keep those kind of across releases. And then you'd get uh, a pretty visual thing that you could compare release to release. And you could even like look at the uh, percentage of, you know, red and pink yeah. in a yeah. changes or yeah. something like that. Well, that's mm. what I needed to give myself an idea of something else to work on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 I'll tell that to my boss. I'll present that. <laughs> I could see that being like a pretty, pretty simple way of, oh. of doing even like a acceptance testing, right? Like, so you could say, well, yeah. we have a release coming up. Here's a set of, yeah. of graphics. Here's the last set of graphics and say yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down or we need to move on or... Yeah, and it's going to be like some sort, it is refactoring, basically, in the same way we do refactor code and say, oh, we have some tech depth. Maybe it's going to be some, you know, graphic depth and go through all of that from time to time and say, okay, this is what's going, this is how much red we have. Maybe we should uh, do something about that. Yeah, or maybe you guys, John, should start adding some test cloud <laughs> modes where they just run it like this for you. <laughs> yeah, get right on that. <laughs> yeah. that. That's your job specifically, <laughs> <Totally>. right? <laughs> just to take my ideas and implement them. <laughs> so now that I've completely derailed the conversation, um, I mean, just to kind of you know wrap things up a little bit and trying to 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 bring this this full circle for for our listeners like i i think as we were talking about at the top it it could be pretty daunting to to start trying to approach performance tuning and and thinking about all of this stuff so so if you had to give like a a piece of advice uh, or like you know just a, a single piece of advice to to user or to developers who who want to dip their toe into this like how how would you suggest getting getting started there um, well i think do not first is I'm going to say, do not ignore GPU performance. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's kind of a fun thing you do because as you're running the app, just put that debug on and see what's going on. So, and then, and everything is for free. Just have the Android monitor there and see what's going on with the layouts. Again, I don't think it's something we especially in the beginning, anyone would be doing regularly. But maybe it's a good idea just to start as a side thing to play with it. Maybe just pick few views, the most complicated ones. You don't have to go to a view that is a plus screen or anything. But if you have lists or there are animations, uh, views that are made of custom views and stuff like that, just pick a view each time and play with it and see how it goes. I think that's solid advice. Um, so, yeah, th- thanks for for going through all this and um, providing all this awesome content for our listeners and taking the time out of your day today. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I hope that was useful. 
Oh, I think it's pretty safe to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile. Gone Mobile.